Is this a comedy or a serious spy movie? Is it a twist or modernization of Goldfinger, The World Is Not Enough, Quantum of Solace, or Die Hard with a Vengeance? What was that cherry red Ford Mustang doing there? Who has the dirtiest mouth? Who was the mole, if there is one? Why did this movie get an R rating in the U.S.? We'll talk about these questions and more as we have our quick-fire, no-spoiler review of the just-released-in-the-U.S. movie, Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Hi, this is Tom from SpyMovieNavigator.com and our Cracking the Code of Spy Movies podcast show. I've been waiting over a year for this one. Let's take a look to find out if it was worth it. So as with all of our quickfire reviews, our goal here is to talk a bit about the movie and if we think it's something you should spend your time and money to go see. We'll do this without spoilers so that if you want to go, we won't spoil anything for you. But we also hope to improve your viewing experience by giving you some hints as to what to pay attention to. So what is Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre? Well, for one, it's a Guy Ritchie-directed movie starring Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Carrie Elwes, Hugh Grant, Josh Hartnett, Bugsy Malone, and Eddie Marson. We'll talk more about each of these actors in a few minutes. But next, it is a spy movie. And finally, I I found it very funny without it being an outright comedy or spy movie spoof. Now, as a spy movie, there is a search for a MacGuffin, of course, and here it's called The Handle. A team gets deployed to go retrieve it. Now, initially, they don't know what The Handle is, and I wish they would have kept it that way. Kind of like the rabbit's foot in Mission Impossible 3, you never really knew what it was because it didn't really matter. Now, towards the end of this movie, they do tell us what this MacGuffin, or, or The Handle, is. And with my tech background, let's just say I was underwhelmed with their explanation, even if it is topical. I won't spoil it, but really? And this is what they wanted to use it for? It just didn't work for me there. But I very much enjoyed Operation Fortune, but I thought the plot was weak, and it seemed to me to be a reworking of some James Bond or John McClane movies. The quest for finding the handle is given to a private organization hired by the government. That's the team Elwes, Statham, Plaza, and Malone are on. Besides Greg Simmons, who I'll talk about in a minute, there are at least two other billionaires in this movie, and I would say this movie does not portray billionaires in a very positive light. Okay, so let's get it out of the way up front and say that we liked Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre, but this feeling isn't shared by everyone. We've read many reviews of differing opinions. Also, when I left the theater, I asked a couple what they thought, and the woman said she really liked it. She thought it was really good. The man she was there with said, it did nothing for me. And that seems to be how the reviews have been going. It's either liked or people say meh. To me, I liked it. The plot to me was a little bit lame, but I really liked the movie. Also, for brevity, I'm going to call this movie Operation Fortune and lose the ruse de guerre. That could come back to bite me down the road as they've set this movie up to be yet another attempt at starting a franchise. However, for this review, I'm going to call it Operation Fortune. So why did I say I liked it? Well, first and foremost for me, and I can't believe I'm saying this, was Hugh Grant. I've never been a fan of his, mainly because of the movies he was in. I didn't like the movies, so I didn't really like him. Well, in Operation Fortune, Hugh Grant blew me away. He was, by far, the best thing in this movie. He plays a billionaire arms dealer named Greg Simmons. He's a cad, especially to Aubrey Plaza's character Sarah, but Grant plays Simmons wonderfully. I've talked in the past about how I like characters that cannot be played too big or too over the top. 
Resiphons as Rasputin and the King's Man and the character of Adolfo in the stage musical The Drowsy Chaperone are two that I've previously mentioned. Well, add the character of Greg Simmons to that list. Well, at least the way Grant plays him. This is also a role that could have been played much smaller, but I don't think it would have been nearly as good. Grant's portrayal of Simmons gave him just enough slime with a certain amount of likability. That's hard to do for a role like this, but somehow Grant pulled it off. Simmons comes off as a guy you'd like to go and hang out with. He's a great sense of humor and has no problem with humor and saying more than he should. Well, you might want to hang out with him if you're a woman he doesn't find attractive or if you're a man. The problem is he constantly comes on to Sarah, even though she's there with another man. Simmons is funny at times, and I don't think that he realizes it all the time. And that's another thing that I liked about him. I can see how some people don't like the Greg Simmons character because he is such a cad. But for me, it works, and Hugh Grant played him wonderfully. The next character I want to talk about here is Aubrey Plaza's portrayal of Sarah. Sarah's the tech wizard on the team. All of these teams end up with a tech wizard, and Sarah's the tech wizard. She has a great wit, and Plaza plays the role very well, not surprisingly. Aubrey Plaza started out doing improv and sketch comedy at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And that background shows here in Operation Fortune. She has many deadpan lines, and most of the dirty lines are hers. And she says some very crazy sexual stuff, and Aubrey Plaza just makes this work for the role of Sarah. Now, as the tech wizard, she does have the usual flaws I find in these roles. She, of course, can hack into anything. She leaves very few breadcrumbs to keep anyone from knowing she was there. And she somehow remotely copies an external hard drive while it's in a moving vehicle in almost no time at all. Now, maybe someone who watched this without a tech background would just accept all of this. However, I can't, and it does annoy me. And most of these spy movies do do something like this, and it drives me nuts. All that said, that's what they did with their role, which is very common. And Aubrey Plaza plays the role quite well, in my opinion. Now, two other characters played by Carrie Elwes and Eddie Marson are management roles. And both of these guys do this well. Carrie Elwes plays a character called Nathan, and he's got a larger part than Marson. Elwes shows off a dry sense of humor, and it works really well here. Marson's role as Knighton is more serious as he's Nathan's boss. Now, when we talked about our podcast episode on the movie The Man Who Knew Too Little, we talked about how Marson's early career had him playing thugs. Well, 25 plus years later, he's getting different roles, but performing them very well. Nathan's role gives us something in the opening of the movie that we liked a lot. He has to walk through a government building down some very long corridors that are made of tile. The Foley work on this is great as his footsteps are quite loud and rhythmic. It ends up feeling like a clock ticking. We won't tell you what they intersperse on the screen during this rhythmic start as we don't want to spoil anything, but the sound continues even when he gets where he's going. And we're subtly being told that the clock is ticking on a mission. It's really well done. Now, another actor in this movie, Josh Hartnett, plays a character called Danny Francesco, who's a famous action movie star. He's told that he was needed for his greatest role yet. This role is full of humor, mainly in how this civilian is thrust into the role of a spy. Now, we often talk about the reluctant spy in our podcast, and Danny certainly fits the bill. We like how they used his celebrity to assist with the mission. Now, as an aside, in our interview with Julian Glover, who played Christados in For Your Eyes Only, he talked about his greatest role ever. 
But here, when Danny's told that he was needed for his greatest role yet, was instantly brought back to our Julian Glover interview. Anyway, the movie has a very funny closing credits scene that perfectly shows us how this movie star learned from his experiences. At first, I wasn't sure about Hartnett in this role, but he grew on me quickly and I ended up thinking it was really good casting. Another character to talk about is JJ, who's played by Bugsy Malone. He's pretty quiet, but he's an effective agent. I think it would have been nice to see his character given more depth. I wanted to know more about who he was and why he was so reserved in what he did. So this all brings us to Jason Statham, who plays Orson Fortune. He's the lead agent in the case. Now, similar to what I said about Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson in our review of Red Notice, Statham plays Statham. It's almost identical to pretty much most of the roles you've seen him do. He plays this type of character very well, but you know what you're getting. And in Operation Fortune, he plays this role really well. But he does have more one-liners in this than I'm used to seeing from one of his characters. But his role is predictable. Now, I might be slightly jaded as I talk about this because this weekend, I watched this movie and I also watched the 2021 movie, Wrath of Man. That movie also stars Statham, Hartnett, and Marson. And it was directed by Guy Ritchie. Hartnett and Marson had very different roles in that movie, but Statham's character H was very, very similar to Operation Fortune. So again, Statham performs the role very well. It just is like, I've seen this before. And it isn't in a series like a James Bond or a Mission Impossible where you're seeing the character of James Bond or Ethan Hunt done in multiple movies. This is a different movie, a different character but almost identical to what we've seen before from Statham. Now, there was a scene in that Wrath of Man movie that made it into Operation Fortune as well. In Wrath of Man, some bad guys use a saw to gain access to a vehicle, and they do it again in Operation Fortune. Now, if I hadn't watched Wrath of Man this weekend, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I I would have just thought that it was a cool way to do what they did. But I did see it, and it brought this ties back with Statham in my mind more. Also, there is a comment that was taken straight out of the movie Taken, talking about Orson Fortune's special set of skills. It wasn't the full quote from Taken, but when it was said, I think you're instantly drawn to Taken. So again, I don't want to give the impression that I don't like Statham in Operation Fortune. I do. However, my point is that this is the same actor doing almost the same role that we've seen him do in other unrelated movies. Okay, so let's move on to another star of Operation Fortune, the red Ford Mustang. I know that when Dan sees this movie, he's going to love this car because he loves Mustangs. I know nothing about Mustangs, but I read on AutoEvolution.com that they thought this was a 1966 Mustang. Well, regardless of the year, it's a beautiful car. It wasn't tricked out like a James Bond car, but it's used a couple times in the movie and really stands out. This car was driven by Danny Francesco in an earlier movie of his, and I thought it was a clever way to bring more of Francesco's background into the plot without trying too hard. I also want to highlight the costumes that costume designer Tina Kalivas put forth. Nathan's suit in the opening of the movie, Sarah's red dress, the blue cotton jacket that Orson wears are all examples of costuming that works, and it's throughout the movie. The costuming here is just fantastic. So now let's move on to the question of whether Operation Fortune is a comedy spy movie or a spy movie with humor. I think it's more of a spy movie with some humor, 
but it is more humor than we normally get in something that isn't trying to be a spoof like Austin Powers. The writers Guy Ritchie, Ivan Atkinson, and Marn Davies give us a lot of great one-liners. And Greg Simmons is hilarious, but I don't think he's trying to be. As we mentioned, some of the dirtiest lines are said by Sarah, and they're often quite funny and pretty dirty. And I heard a lot of laughter in the theater while watching this, not just at Sarah's lines, but at most of the humor in the movie. Another thing I want you to watch out for while you're watching this movie has to do with a mole. Is there one? It almost seems like there is, and there are some comments about one. However, the way the movie plays out, it makes it hard to tell if there really was one. Now, I want to tread very lightly here as I want to keep this a no-spoiler review. However, keep your eyes and ears engaged to see if you can answer the question. Is there a mole here? Another topic to talk about here is that many spy movies are rated PG-13 in the U.S. So why did this one get an R rating? Mainly it was for the violence and the language. Some of the lines were raunchy, but I really didn't catch all that many swear words. Um, Yes, there were some, but I didn't think it was too many. Also, there was some violence that I thought worked very well for the movie. And after watching it, I was a bit surprised with the rating as it seemed like a PG-13 movie to me. Maybe a second viewing would change my mind, but it did get an R rating here in the U.S. Also, I made a note while watching that there's a lot of product placement in this movie. I don't mind some, however, it can get overdone, and in this movie I think it was. One other thing that intrigued me that I never quite got was a scene on the television during a mission. During this scene, on the television is a scene from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's the scene where the song Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head was shown. It was a nice callback to that movie, but I didn't quite get why it received such prominence here. It's been many years since I've seen Butch and Sundance, so maybe if I rewatch it, I'll get the placement here, but it had me confused more than anything. Finally, I want to talk about the delay this movie endured. Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre was supposed to come out about a year ago. However, it was delayed because of some bad luck because of some world events. Russia invaded Ukraine right before this movie was supposed to be released. Now, some of the bad guys in this movie were supposed to be Ukrainian. Well, it is possible that in the original cut we were told that, but I didn't catch anything that told us they were from Ukraine. They had names that could have been Russian, Ukrainian, or from many other countries, but I never heard their country expressly identified. So I'm wondering if there was some additional editing done to the movie to take that out. So that's a wrap of our no-spoiler review of Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. This was a movie that we enjoyed, especially the humor. The plot was just okay, but I think it's worth watching just for Hugh Grant's performance. If you watch it, please send us your thoughts at info at spymovienavigator.com. This has been Tom from spymovienavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Please help us out and subscribe to our show through your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.